Well, hi, everybody, and welcome, and thanks for joining us today. A special welcome, of course, to all the fathers, your special day. In fact, last Friday, I went out shopping with my daughter, Jody to buy some gifts for Father's Day, but somehow she ended up with more gifts than I got. I'm just not quite sure how that works, but I think most dads will understand that. Come on, let's just pray before we get into the Word of God today. Father, we just acknowledge today that we so need you. Holy Spirit, without your presence, without your working, nothing ever changes. Lord, you said in your word, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So we invite you into this service today. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work in each and every one of our hearts, that, Lord, there would be something deposited by your spirit that will change us and transform us. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen. Well, some of will you know will, that the greatest or one of the greatest healing evangelists or miracle workers that there's ever been, not the greatest, but one of them was Catherine Kuhlman. What you may not understand is the thing that launched her ministry was actually quite interesting. She preached one night on the Holy Spirit. And then the next night, before she was able to preach, someone stood up and said, I've got a testimony. And this lady said, when you preached on the Holy Spirit last night, I had this amazing sensation in my body, and I knew that I was healed of a tumor. She got it checked out by the doctors, and it was actually true. Catherine Kuhlman came to the conclusion that the single greatest key in her, for her to see miracles and healings break out was to honor the Holy Spirit and to welcome the presence of God. And so that's how she formulated. And she said that through her services, thousands of people were healed just sitting in their seats. She didn't even have prayer lines. She didn't even have great exhortations saying, you've got to have faith. She just focused on honoring the Holy Spirit. And it was kind of an amazing way of how God uh, got her involved in that ministry. So sovereignly, people were healed. Uh, right throughout the auditorium. Now, I know there's many different ways to heal. You know, you can have prayer lines. I'm not against that. You can lay on of hands. But what I want to focus on for this first thought is that we need to learn to honor the Holy Spirit. It's just so important. In fact, in one meeting, Catherine Corwin stopped in the midst of her speaking, and she said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And she's sobbing. And she said, he's all I've got. He's my closest, my most intimate, my, my most beloved friend. And so she was so intent on just bringing the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when he is in, doesn't that match up with what the Bible actually teaches? It's not by might nor by power. You know, it's by the Spirit of God. And so we need to learn to honor the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm believing that soon we're going to see people healed and uh, you know, set free during the worship times and during the preaching of the Word. It's overdue. We need to see it, and we need to see it soon. So how can you honor the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a few simple ways. Number one, just how about just talking to Him? <laughs> he is a person. Good morning, Holy Spirit. It's a common phrase that we use. But welcome Him. Ask Him for help. He's called the Helper. Ask him to help you. Ask him a hundred times during the day. I suggest at times just wait. You know, how did the Holy Spirit come in the first place? You know, Jesus said, wait for the promise that there's something powerful about waiting. Just try it for a few minutes. You'll see the present will start to increase. Maybe not every time, but in time it will happen. Another thing is just kneel. Because when you kneel, you're saying, God, I'm so dependent on you. 
I so need you, Holy Spirit. So when you kneel, it can happen as well. But also Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 to 32, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Then it gives a list, things like bitterness, anger. Tell you one of the biggest things, your tongue. The words that you speak. I had an encounter with God on that issue myself a number of years ago. So important. But then it says you can honor him by being kind, mm, by being tender-hearted, by being forgiving. You know, one of the great things is this. The more you preach on the Holy Spirit, the more he comes. Expect his presence to increase, even during this message, because God confirms his word. Whatever you preach is whatever you get. I want to give you a few reasons of why we must passionately pursue more and more of the Holy Spirit. And the first one is found, if you've got your Bibles, in 1 Corinthians in chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. Before I read that, can I just remind you that last year on Father's Day, the Holy Spirit came here at West in a significant way. And God started us on this incredible journey. I call it the journey of journeys because it's a journey to the presence, the person, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember the Brownsville Revival started on Father's Day? I believe as we continue this pursuit, it's going to end us, end up in us seeing a revival in the church and a revival in the nation. So 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 9 to 12, really interesting. But it's written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, now listen to this, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We start by saying, your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard what God has planned for you. How are you going to find out? It says here, we, we know what God's got from, given to us by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit shows us. And He's got amazing things for you. And you've got to connect with the Holy Spirit to find out what those things are. They are wonderful things. And He's the great revealer. See, the Holy Spirit knows everything. He's omniscient, omniscience. He knows all things. See, we make decisions based on the past and the present. The Holy Spirit, He knows past, present, and future. You need His advice when you make decisions. I like what T.D. Jake said. He put it this way. Your life is a direct reflection of the voices you listen to. Oh, my goodness. You get a person, you know, you know, there's heaps of people going downhill fast. You've probably got friends who are going downhill fast. But we all know, get that person and put them alongside someone who gives them good, wise, godly advice. And suddenly, the trajectory of their life is going uphill. What changed? The voices that they started to listen to. And see, Adam and Eve, they listened to the wrong voice, and it ruined their lives. Think about that. How many lives are being ruined by listening to the wrong voice, hearkening to the wrong person, speaking into their lives? See, friends, can I just say, be careful, be very careful who you hang out with, who you listen to. Who you talk to on the phone. Whose advice you are taking. Look, go back to the garden. 
the fall of man, the destruction of humanity, if you like, when sin entered, was simply by listening to the wrong voice. Wow. I don't think we've considered this enough. I don't think I've considered it enough. Because if you're anything like me, you kind of listen to almost anybody. Like, you know, you're not that fuzzy like, oh, should I be listening to this person? Should I be talking to them? We don't even think like that. We just kind of, we're like open slather. <laughs> but who we listen to. So who do you go to in trouble? It's really serious. Because who do you go to in trouble is going to determine your future. Because they will guide you and you'll probably take their advice on board. So be careful. So careful, please, I'm pleading with you. But more than anything else, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We've got to stop listening to the people we can see and start listening to the God we can't see because He's got the answers. He's got the wisdom. He's got the knowledge. Your best, wisest friend has got nothing on the Holy Spirit. So why do we listen to everybody else and not tune in to the person who knows everything? I've said it before, you know, people can speak on the phone for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, even two hours to someone who knows very little, but can't spend five minutes talking to the person who knows everything. Go figure. (laughs) How do you work that out? So this is really important stuff, isn't it? And listen to this. The more you speak to the Holy Spirit, the more he'll speak to you. If you talk to your friend, it's only a matter of time before they're going to talk to you. No friend is going to not talk to you if you talk to them. The Holy Spirit is the best friend. <laughs> you just got to learn how to do that, but it's really important. You see, whoever your, has your ear influences you. Yeah. Who's got your ear? Do a check. Just do a check. Who's got your ear? Because you begin to speak the language. <laughs> Why do you speak? Well, for us, most of us speak English. Why do we speak English? Because mm-hmm. we were raised in a home where everyone spoke English. So we end up speaking English. If you were raised in a home where people spoke French, you'd end up speaking French. Comment allez-vous? Je suis tacbana. Parlez-vous français? I've learned a bit of French in my background, okay? So, but, but not enough to actually be eloquent in it. So you can see the influence of the voices and the language of those that have around you. So can I just say, don't listen to all the negativity coming through the news and on COVID-19. Do you know what it's going to do? You're going to adapt the language. You're going to become negative. You're going to become critical. You'll get depressed. You'll get angry. You'll get upset. You'll go downhill. You'll be anxious. You'll be worried. All of that stuff. No. Listen to the Holy Spirit. What will He do? He'll fill you with faith. He'll fill you with hope. He'll fill you with comfort. He'll give you a sense of future. He'll give you a sense of purpose. He'll he'll cause you to know that your future is good. His plans are for you, for good and not for evil. Don't go with the language of the world. We are citizens of another kingdom. We're citizens of the kingdom of God. Listen to the voice of the kingdom of God. It is different. It's love, joy, peace, patience, self-control, hope, future, calm. God's goodness and faithfulness. Listening to the right voices and tuning into those are so, so powerful. So, (laughs) one of the problems is, is most of us don't know how to listen to the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons we're too busy. Be still. Get before Him. Start waiting. Get on your knees. It's only a matter of time before you'll start to hear His voice. Really, really, very, very important. You know, we need to know what is freely given to us by God. 
What's God given to you? <laughs> Find out. Do you know why? It's really hard to get what's not given to you by God. I've learned that by experience. I've gone after things that I so wanted. But when it's from God, so we need to do that. One of my concerns that I really have and have for a long time, I think a lot of people, including Christians, end up spending a lot of their lives pursuing things and doing things God never intended them for them to do. So some must end up climbing the wrong mountain. They say, oh God, I've conquered the mountain. He says, oh, sorry, wrong mountain. Listen, tune in to the Holy Spirit because his plan for you is incredibly unique. It's not like anyone else on the planet. If you're a copy of someone else, you're missing the point because God's created you for a very special and a very unique purpose. But you'll only discover it when you tune in to the voice of God of the Holy Spirit. And that's been my whole mission in my life. The way I run my own life, the way I run church, I had to, to drown out all the other voices that say, do it this way, do it that way, go here, go. I had to drown all that out and say, no, God, which way do you want me to go? And faithfully, God has shown me the directions. And of course, when you've got God's direction, He will bless it as well. So you have the ability to hear the Holy Spirit. You just got to develop it. Hebrews 5.14 says, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That word exercise comes from the word gymnasium. So gymnasium is a thought that you've got to take this ability and develop it. You know, like you develop muscles. See, you need to take your ability to hear the Holy Spirit to the gym. <laughs> start practicing, start exercising, eventually you'll be able to hear Him. See, we could bring up on the stage a really skinny person and you'd say, gosh, they've got, they haven't got the muscles of a bodybuilder. Yes, they have. They've got all the muscles. They've just not been to the gym and developed them. You have the ability to hear the voice of God. You just got to learn to develop it. So go to the gym. <laughs> and your gym is basically your closet. <laughs> you don't even have to pay fees to join. It's free. <laughs> well, unless you're renting a house, I guess it's not quite free. All right, so we need to do that. All right, the next thing I just want to talk about, and I've got a couple more points here. Why we need to pursue the Holy Spirit so much is he, only He can work the transformation in your life that you desperately need. Yeah. How many of you need God to change you in some area of your life? Look, I've got about 50 areas that I've got to change, and my wife tells me actually it's 150. But anyway, I've got a lot of areas I, want, I just so want to change in. But I've begun to realize it's only the Holy Spirit that can change me. You know, maybe as a father, you really struggle. You know, you want to be a better dad and you, you, you just feel inadequate. Guess what? Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He can make you a great father because he is the best helper on the planet. <laughs> our problem is that we struggle away on our own and think we can do it ourselves. You can't do it yourself. So we need the Holy Spirit to change us and transform us by His power. I mean, Zechariah 4 verse 6, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We need to understand that, you know, just attending church is not enough for your life to be impacted by God and for you to impact your family and your children and send them on the right pathway moving forward. We need to be connected more and more with the Holy Spirit who touches us and changes our lives. See, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 6 says, the letter kills. In other words, just the pure word just on its own kills, but the Spirit gives life. So you've heard me say it before. You can hear powerful messages incredible sermons, you know, and, and thinking just by listening and watching, you know, it's going to change you. It's going to transform you. You're going to get closer to God. You know, you're going to, your faith is going to increase and only to discover by the end of a, thousands of sermons, very little has changed. 
why we need the Spirit to come on the Word because it's the Spirit that changes us. Words on their own will never do the job. In fact, I read the statistic recently in America among evangelical Christians, 46% believe it's okay to uh, live together, have sex, as long as you're in a committed relationship, even if you're not married. And yet the Word of God is black and white. Sex is to be within the marriage covenant. You see, friends, all the preaching in the world is not changing people's lives or not changing it enough. We need the Holy Spirit. Come upon the Word. Change us. Transform us. And I'm speaking about myself, friends. I need it as much as anything else uh, to be changed and transformed by God's wonderful and powerful Holy Spirit. I should add, we also need to be doers of the Word of God. Friends, someone has to get connected to the Holy Spirit. Someone needs to get plugged in. Someone needs to pursue the presence, the person and the power of the Holy Spirit with an insatiable appetite, with an unquenchable zeal to bring change and transformation to the world in which we live, the people around you. Someone has to do this. Bring the Holy Spirit and see transformation. Why shouldn't that person be you? Why shouldn't it be you? Why can't it be me? With the Holy Spirit's help, we can do this. All right, my third point. The Holy Spirit is the only hope for our world. I'm going to read you an interesting passage of Scripture. You may know it. Romans 8, 22 and 23, parts of it. We know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. We ourselves groan. Friends, all creation is groaning in travail because of the things that are happening in the world today. See, even the creation has been corrupted as it were. You see it all around us. And so the Bible is clear. Not only are we groaning, the creation itself is groaning out there as well because never has there been... It's in the history that I know of, such turmoil in the world, such stress, so many problems, famines, violence. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Ecologists are saying this, that the ice caps are melting. And there's going to be floods, and we're seeing the floods take place. They're saying in time, some cities, I read one article that said, in time, places like New York will probably be underwater. Well, I don't know, but this is the, what's being said prophetically out there by the way the world is. Make no mistake, friends, sin is destroying the planet. And creation is groaning. People are groaning. We are groaning. See, there's fires burning out of control. I heard recently, you know, billionaires and millionaires and movie stars have gone into these uh, famine-struck uh, nations, you know, to feed them and look after them. And they're now saying after years, decades at this, they're making no progress or making hardly any progress at all, friends. You see, it's just not working. The, the trouble is abounding on every side. Watching the news, America is burning. The world's most powerful nation, state after state, city after city, burning, rioting, killing. I mean, it's, it's almost beyond belief. There's such a huge loss of hope. And people are saying, some people, younger people are saying, why plan for the future? There may not be one. So to dull the pain, people go to drugs, 
They go to alcohol. They go to sex. Lower level, they just live on social media to almost get the world away and go into their own little world. Endless time on computer games, all that kind of friends, friends. All those kind of things are happening out there right now. And I want to say, friends, there is only one answer. There is only one answer. There is only one solution to the condition of the world today, friends. There is only one power. There's not two powers. There's not three powers. There's not five options. There's not seven options. There is only one hope. There's only one answer. There's only one power. That is the power of the almighty Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, friends has always been the only answer. It's just that we've abandoned them. We've pushed them to the side, to the left or right. We've got on with our lives thinking we can run this world ourselves. We can do a good job. Friends, we're understanding and learning it. We can't. We can't do it. The world is a mess. But the good news is we are connected to the answer. Not only are we connected to the answer, the answer has given us a promise. Acts 2.17, in the last days. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. We have the promise of the Father. All is not lost. There is a future. There is a hope. Don't listen to the media. Don't listen to the news. Listen to the Word of God. God has got a plan. God has got an answer. You can see I'm a bit wound up about this. But I am, friends because I see the hopelessness of the world in which we live. And at the same time, I see the answer. I see hopelessness, I see the answer. And I've committed my life to pointing people to the answer. Don't read everything out there, read this book. Get inside of it. In the end, we win. In the end, Jesus returns. In the end, there is a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It's happened before. It can happen again. Let me tell you about Waikaka Valley in Gore in 1881. James Dickey, radically saved. He just began to share with friends and family within three months, 40 people born again by the Spirit of God. It was an amazing thing. And so what they said is that the power of God began to fall on people while at work. They were so convicted they'd cry out to God for forgiveness. Imagine that. At your workplace, think about it now. The Spirit of God, no one's preaching. Spirit of God turning up. People convicted of sin, asking what must I do to be saved? Imagine that in your street. Imagine that in your family. Hey, imagine it in your church. (laughs) We need a bit of repentance there as well, by the way, just saying. They said, this is my key point. They said there were so many people saved that the pubs and the dance halls closed down. There was community transformation. Friends, I'm on a mission to see not just the gospel preach, not just to see churches grow, not just to see mega churches. I want to see community transformation. I want to see life transformation. And ultimately, I want to see a nation transform and come under the reign and the rule of Jesus Christ. We have the answer. He is the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, equal with God, equal with the Father. One who has personality and a person you can get to know intimately, personally, just like we talked about Catherine Kuhlman at the beginning of this message. 
All of creation is groaning. We are groaning. And I'm telling you, friends, I'm groaning. I'm groaning, friends. I'm groaning. Something in us is saying, I've had enough. This can't go on. This cannot be permitted to go on. It can't, friends. I can't continue to live a somewhat powerless Christian life. The church cannot continue to be ignored, sidelined, ridiculed, mocked, and seen as irrelevant with no influence in the society and in the world in which we're... Friends, this cannot continue. It must change. It must change. It must change. If ever the world... I'm sure you'll agree, needed an invasion of God, it is now. If ever the world needed a revival, it's now. If ever the church needed to pray, it's now. I'm telling you, it's now. We can't leave this. We can't ignore this. We can't stand by the side while the world burns, while people go to a lost eternity. This is the time. This is the hour. This is our opportunity. I've been thinking about this. I've come to this realization that God has entrusted this generation, my generation, you and me, to bring the greatest outbreak and awakening that the world has ever known. And so to fulfill that, he's given you and I a capacity and an ability to pray for revival. You may think you don't have it. Friends, God has called us to bring revival. He's got to then anoint us and enable us to pray with that intensity to bring the revival. Friends, you are anointed. You're called by God to pray. You can pray. I'm telling you, you can pray. You can be a great prayer. Just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. In fact, the power of the Holy Spirit talks about ability. It talks about capability to do something. So the Holy Spirit can make you capable to being a phenomenal prayer. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't pray. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't pray powerfully enough along with others and bring a great revival in our nation. You see, friends, this generation, in my opinion, has been given a massive honor, a massive honor and calling, friends, to bring this promised outbreak of the Holy Spirit from Acts 2 verse 17, pour out a spirit on all flesh. Wow, what a privilege, friends. What an honor you and I have been given. What a wonderful trust. So friends, as I wrap this up, you must pray. You must pray. More than you've ever prayed before. Please do not leave it to someone else. If we all leave it to someone else, nothing is going to happen. And the church of our nation is not going anywhere till we get on our knees and really begin to pray, friends. We must all pray. And if we all pray, we will see a global awakening and we'll rescue our world from its desperate, desperate condition. We can do this. What an incredible trust 
that you've been given. What an incredible trust that I have been given to help bring this wonderful awakening of God to a world so desperate for it, friends. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is going to raise you up if you let Him, a powerful Christian. And He's going to raise up the church, a mighty army, bringing the greatest ever revival. Could it get any more exciting than this? Knowing we have the answer. We have the Holy Spirit. He has the power to change the world. He has the power to change this world in which we live and turn it around and bring it under the rule of God. Friends, this is our mission. This is our calling. And we've been given the anointing. We've been given the power. We've been given the grace to bring this to pass, to pray and to see this outbreak of revival. This is my time. This is your time. Let's do it. In Jesus' name, amen.